Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Ultra Hope Girls, a Danganronpa podcast. Today is part two of our analysis of chapter six of Danganronpa V3. So this is where we really are going to be wrapping everything up and talking about, you know, the grand finale of this entire series. It's, this is it's crazy. Because of that, this episode will spoil the entirety of the Danganronpa series. You heard it here, folks. We're going to be spoiling potentially everything. Yes, not potentially. We are going to be spoiling Literally everything. Literally everything. <laughs> Literally everything in the Dongarama series. So without further ado, I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Two. Welcome to the Dongarama podcast. <laughs> You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. So, so let's talk about Samugi Mastermind. Let's talk about Samugi Mastermind. Mastermind. Um, my, my when did you note, all know um, it was her? When you told me, Caroline. Not like when you spoiled it for me, but when you said that you thought it was her. And oh, I was God. like, that would make a lot of sense. And then like <laughs> as it went on, I was like, yeah, I think it is too. I really think it is. And then she was revealed and I was like, yeah. 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 No, was, for me, yeah. okay. obviously, sorry, Caroline and I played it together. So by, I mean, chapter two, I think it was, was when you had your first inclination, um, <laughs> somewhere around that time. At Very least. early on. Yeah, um, yeah. So the idea was in my head from the start, but I don't think like I very much took the page of like well let's keep it open <laughs> like until we find out. So I don't think I actually like said, yeah, I think it's her until probably chapter five i mean caroline you might be able to confirm that yeah but at that point honestly i felt like it started getting pretty obvious like who else was it gonna be right you know like maybe kibo (laughs) right but you almost like expect it to be like bigger than that like you like as a player you're like it can't be that right like it it would be so obvious it was if it was her but also I, it's kind of cool that she, it, it, this is the first time we're seeing like the mastermind be an actual like person in the killing game technically mm-hmm. you know yeah and I also kind of think that like Sumugi being the mastermind was like yeah you could kind of see it coming eventually because you're like who else could it be but I also feel like maybe that was kind of the point because the big twist of this game is not who the mastermind right. is. The big twist is that, True. oh my god, this is a TV show and none of us are even real. Like, That's to me, really that true. was, like, that was the twist. And so, I kind of almost, like, was, like, oh, wow, Samugi's a mastermind, and then got over it really fast because there were, like, other <laughs> things to worry about. Right, and you're like, like that, but, like, yeah. I've only been in this trial for 30 minutes, and we've already found the mastermind right that's weird <laughs> right yeah no that's true and even like monokuma doesn't seem that worried or samuki doesn't seem that worried like right. yeah she gets quiet when they blame her and you know all that stuff but even then it's like okay what's next you found me like none of you <laughs> so guys what? Kill me. Right. yeah like mm. i don't know i did yeah. think because it was samuki who's the mastermind the thought crossed my mind that 
Do you think when Samuki references things throughout the games, it's like branded deals? Like in the Truman show, when Truman's <laughs> wife would be like, look at this new like chopper I got. It's really easy to use. <laughs> right. I almost wonder if all of her anime references and things like that were like partnerships. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um, that's actually, that's really funny that you bring that up, Marion, about the Truman Show, because that's such a good connection, and I can't believe we haven't thought of that, like, we haven't brought that up so now. Right, that's so like, true. That's so real. I, my, my other note about Samugi, it's just a little thing I found was interesting, that is that she and all of her other people that she's cosplaying, all the other characters, in her eyes, there's a V and there's a three, and it's very interesting. A little that's detail, true. you know? Um, mm. when when Byakuya appeared I screamed yes naturally um, uh, <laughs> whoever edits this episode let's throw the jingle in your beauty is beyond compare with golden locks and skin so fair Ooh, Byakuya Togami Byakuya Togami I also was going to say, I was really impressed that they got every single character, unless you count Mukuro, but I kind of don't. They got every single other character in, in that trial, like, uh, Sumubi's wow. cosplay. I didn't like, even notice that. They weren't, I, I went through and I made a tally and they were not missing a single person, which was awesome. That also explains why all the voice actors are repeat actors right they so we're like we're not contracting <laughs> right people right for one hour of work for yeah. or a two-hour minimum for 15 minutes of work <laughs> right the only That's thing so i noticed true. was that genocide jack's original voice actor which what, aaron something aaron fitzgerald aaron fitzgerald i don't think she was in this because i believe um the one genocide jack line when genocide jack does appear i that line sounded like amanda Celine miller I actually had the same note. Oh, really? But I didn't look into it. Did you look into it? I didn't, but I was like I'm pretty confident just based on how it sounded. Um, but that was like, I was like, man, they really, they, every single other voice actor, they managed to get in there. Even the ones who weren't repeat, you know, for characters in this game. Like they had Sakura in there. They had Celeste. They had... Sumuki says that she is acting like how the person she's cosplaying acts. But that, to me, it felt like very different degrees of acting yeah. for different people. Yeah, like Junko, I think, was the most into it she got. Like, she decided to create despair for these people, you know? Like, I don't know, that one felt like she went the most closely to the person's values, even if it wasn't an exact match to Junko, obviously. I don't know if anyone can match Junko. <laughs> um, but Makoto at one point says like, oh, we need one more sacrifice for hope to win. He would never say that. Like, I don't know. I just, there were a lot of lines <laughs> that didn't follow the character's like values that I was like, she's not really staying true to what she is proposing to the group as how she cosplays, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. I also noticed that it sounded, I mean, and it, this also might be that I haven't, um, uh heard the voices of like the other like characters in a long time but i felt like 
some of the voices were a little like sounded a little bit different than the original voice but I think it was you know once that so much time goes by it's hard to like remember how to you know do an exact voice or whatever yeah it was like they were almost doing like the little quips that the characters did like the 30 percent of the time but like saying like catchphrases of a person doesn't mean you've captured a person right right (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i agree with that yeah okay so it looks like sorry to answer the question i think that you're absolutely right maddie that it was amanda celine miller doing the voice of genocide jack because there is no genocide jack credit on here it's just toko and it's her so i think that you're right yeah gotcha yeah Um, because i agree it did sound like yeah it sounded like it really sounded like amanda celine miller so um yes and then i have another note about sumugi and it's that i think that she i i do think that she was lying about one thing and i think what she was lying about was how she knew how everything was going to go and everything was scripted exactly how she said it was going to be because if that were the case why would there be multiple different options for the flashback light memories you Mm. know what i mean like why would multiple opposing options exist like I think that she was prepared for the story to go in a few different directions. Like the participants did have some free will. Um, Otherwise there wouldn't need to be more options if it was all like one linear predetermined path. So I think she just planned for a lot of a wide variety of possible actions people could have taken. Yeah. Only thing I'll say though is if they're using this exact same storyline of the Gopher Project for past shows, then maybe it was just pre-saved settings for, you know, Dong and Rumpa Fifty One. Mm. Maybe they used like different things then. But I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't know, hmm. and also just, you know, human nature. I I don't believe that it's ever it would ever be even with the flashback light technology whatever i don't think it would ever be possible to control specific actions of a large group of people that precisely so that's yeah. the one thing i personally believe some movie was lying about but maybe i'm wrong hmm. sorry we'll i'm going on a rabbit voice actor <laughs> rabbit hole i need to stop <laughs> so sorry she's on the move I, I was just uh, <laughs> scrolling through voice actors in Danganronpa. Okay. <clears throat> I was listening, I promise. But I love how all the voice actors, every time a character says Danganronpa, they say it so deliberately. The Danganronpa. Danganronpa. Like they were true. all told, you have to say it like this. <laughs> Danganronpa we like i just little shuichi when he's like doing his thing he's like we reject this we reject don't gone ron pa like they stress every syllable you just said like my phone ringtone <laughs> we reject this. no the thing that kind of makes me cackle about that too is i just know that like I think it was Tony Oliver was the the voice director for this game. And I know that he was like, you need to like, say it like this. They like told them before they recorded, they were like, it's yeah. Don Gan Ron Pa. You know what I mean? And I yeah, that's, that's how just... it, 
that's how it sounds right yeah (laughs) it's not like us where we say it so often that it's just become comfortable in our like and our pronunciation like danganronpa like you know just it's like a little less (laughs) you know it's like when when you're telling a friend about danganronpa for the first time and they're like oh what's the game called and you're like danganronpa and they're like what? what and you're like oh <laughs> you dung gun rump. <laughs> <laughs> no it's dung so true and always whenever this literally happened to me like this last weekend they were like how do you spell that and i was like d-a-n-r-o-n-p-o-n-a <laughs> wait did i spell wait, it wrong you just spelled wait you just spelled it Don Ron Pona. <laughs> Don Ron Pona. <laughs> we call this episode that. Yeah, goodbye, Don Ron Poma. <laughs> That's such a callback to like the original memes of Don Ron too. You know, like yes, the, like... yes it really oh. is. perfect. Don... Oh. Goodbye, Dan Lompoma. <laughs> i literally only have trial notes and like general overall yeah notes. same i'm about at that point as well that's that's where i'm at too yep well then uh let's get started with the trial um the trial grounds up on the screens everywhere or actually that's a bad way to describe it but like behind the screens i should say there's kumafare just like circulating around um so i did look up what that was because i was like what does that mean um spelled k-u-m-a-f-a-r-r-e and that is in reference to a club called nikofare which is a nightclub it was originally called Velfare before it shut down and was reopened by Nico Nico, the Japanese equivalent of YouTube, hence its new name, Nico Fare. Um, so with Monokuma, Kumafare. Yeah, yeah, you get it. Um, a blog called Asajin points out that they have LED walls in the nightclub where during a concert you can comment and your comments will pop up on oh, the walls. Oh, yeah. Uh, thus why it would be here um and i found that out from there's an article on gaming.stackexchange.com and the person who wrote it was bad p so thank you for that knowledge thanks bad p (laughs) really the only note i have left is just to i mean it's a lot within one note but it's just to talk about the ultimate real fiction concept and like how and also like how much how targeted stuff is towards us as the players in this chapter um would that be a good time to delve into that topic or other things you guys want to bring up first wow i've actually already touched on a lot of these oh one small note i did want to bring up in this is um tenko is very implied to be gay there's like a moment where um you know maki goes oh like so like or, or like tenko or sorry samugi is like uh maki your feelings for kaito all of that was pre-planned and she's like what like i that was that wasn't real and then himiko says and tank and what uh, and does that mean that tenko like was like wasn't really and then it gets cut off and then um taka and mondo interrupt and talk about their that their bro relationship like wasn't real see you know what i mean and so it's like 
talk again in my patreon queer theory episode if you're not a patron you can check it out there and become a patron but i discuss how essentially that was a implied relationship like it was like implied in the text that the that the two of those guys were in fact gay for each other <laughs> um in the game plus the manga all together makes supports that point again if you want more it's there um on patreon but this that was sort of like the nail in the coffin where I was like yeah okay this isn't just like a little joke it's like very much like in her character mm-hmm. um yeah so that was kind of cool yeah the only other small note that I think should come probably before uh Maddie Udeck's discussion point from my my notes um I was obsessed in this trial with the mini game timer runouts, like having to just not click anything I love that and i know it's such a small thing but it goes against everything that we are taught to do in these games and especially right after like a really really difficult uh quick time game like with clicking or trying to send the bullet through hope all those times like we have that super hard game and then immediately we have to just stop playing um and i thought like that was so good like just that was powerful i i liked that a lot i think i thought that was awesome um okay i have i do have a couple more i think because i feel like that conversation maddie is very much like the The last big thing to talk about um i would say so um so the two other things i wanted to say are one the hope that you know shuichi is rejecting in this moment is manufactured hope right it's like hope for the sake of hope rather than true hope and so the end of this game still ends with the theme of hope in Danganronpa it's just like not manufactured hope which that Shuichi is rejecting and I I felt like that was like a good way for me at least to conceptualize this as sort of like a concept of like it being kind of fake hope yeah like not real yep um yeah I did wonder what the end message was I I like that Caroline because I feel like one message that I've heard people pull from it is that it's like a bad thing for authors to demonstrate a point through fictional characters. I've heard that theory before where Shuichi's like, well, we as the fictional characters are really experiencing this, you know? So like, even though it's like you're getting enjoyment out of it, that doesn't make it any less of an experience for us. And that I struggle with a little bit because the concept of like life versus death in humanity is so prevalent in our thoughts that I don't know that that's something that will die in media ever, you know, like that. Yeah. If that's the point that they're trying to make to like, stop doing that. I don't think that will happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am inclined to agree with you, Marin, just because I think, you know, there's a whole thing toward the end about Shuichi saying, oh, like this fiction can change the world, right? Like, oh, the audience changed their mind. They told Kiba not to vote. That means like we had an impact on them. And that's all very true. I do believe that. But I also do agree that even if they did, you know, Shuichi moved the audience enough to agree with him and choose to um, vote for Kibo to abstain and then they all logged off and they said no we're not doing this anymore I don't think that's enough for like the entire world to no longer want killing games you know what I mean so right right mm-hmm. and you think about how many media pieces have come out after the release of v3 and I'm not saying that every single person played v3 to get that message but of the people who did 
I'm a hundred percent confident that people who have enjoyed those games have gone on to think about or play games or watch movies or read books that have themes of Mm -hmm. death and life. Like I, I would bet a lot of money on um, that at least one person who did that has, you you. know, has experienced that. It was me. Yeah. I mean, I watched one game, you know, yeah, I'm playing exactly. Process of Elimination right now. There, those are two like other like basically like death games. Yeah, yeah, death I game view it, things. I view it more as like a commentary on the importance of like okay, yes, like a lot, of, and there's a lot of points made about like you know messages in fiction have an impact on real life. I guess we're getting into this now. Messages in fiction ha- do have an impact on real life, but letting that impact actually happen and reverberate into the re the real world not just staying in a fiction bubble like letting that you know the lessons like the barbie movie right 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 letting the lessons (laughs) learned and the and the like people who inspired you to become better or or a a romance that really inspired like a relationship that you want to emulate or bigger issues obviously than that like representations of folks of color and queerness and like and violence against those people and also like joyful stories about those people like take it step back from that and then do what you can in real life to then make strides so that that you know you know that can be our reality in a way you know obviously not the violence and the despair part but like the like good things and like taking those messages and actually applying them that's more where I see it landing yeah. for me because I, I i don't think it's a don't consume fiction i think it's right. really you know we're in a consumerist culture we are fed new netflix shows every week it's impossible to keep up and i think this really encourage us to encourages us to really sit with themes and take a second and slow down and be like fuck <laughs> i made a yeah. podcast about this and why does this matter to me you know and like I even had that moment and and I have a question for you I guess more toward the end of the episode relating to that but like yeah so anyway all my thoughts are on that jumping off of what you're saying Caroline this game reminds me a lot of the message of Chiaki and I think I might have mentioned that in the past maybe or maybe we deleted it because it was a spoiler but just the idea of how much fiction has power I feel like in SDR2 Chiaki is not real however her plot line made one of the biggest impacts at least on me in in playing that game and i think that i'm not saying that they took that and ran with it but it definitely feels like a almost grander example of how chiaki's timeline made us feel um at points in this game yeah yeah absolutely Oh man, I I gotta bring out back out that quote. I definitely did this for the season um, two finale, but I think it, it applies here too. This is a quote from yeah. BrainPickings.org. You know the one. Looks good. We're about to be all over this. Okay, so this is from Stanley Kubrick um, from BrainPickings.org, and it talks about the meaning and the meaninglessness of life. And this, I also think, applies to the ending of this. So in case you didn't hear that at that time, here it is again. The very meaninglessness of life forces man to create his own meaning. Children, of course, begin life with an untarnished sense of wonder, a a capacity to experience total joy at something as simple as the greenness of a leaf. 
But as they grow older, the awareness of death and decay begins to impinge on their consciousness and subtly erode their jo- is, is it jo- joie de vie? Joie de vivre? Joie de vivre. <laughs> In case any of you missed me screaming ace attorney, I'm very bad at pronouncing French words. Um, their idealism and their assumption of immorality. As a child matures, he sees death and pain everywhere around him and begins to lose lose faith in the ultimate goodness of man. But if he's reasonably strong and lucky, he can emerge from this twilight of the soul into a rebirth of life's elan. Both because of and in spite of his awareness of the meaninglessness of life, he can forge a fresh sense of purpose and affirmation. He may not recapture the same pure sense of wonder he was born with, but he can shape something far more enduring and sustaining. The most terrifying act about the universe is that it is not hostile, but that it is indifferent. But if we can come to terms with this indifference and accept the challenges of life within the boundaries of death, however mutable man may be able to make them, Our existence as a species can have genuine meaning and fulfillment. However vast the darkness, we must supply our own light. Oh, I like that passage. I do too. I like that a lot. It's some hurt. Yeah. I think I have one more note before let's before. And then I think we can get into like the the end conversation of -hmm. this, this monologue about Shuichi, about how the feelings are real and like what he experienced was real this is i think maybe my favorite acting performance in the dog and rumpa series i'm gonna say it oh good it is like so good i was like i am in tears right now and i just suffered through hope hope despair hope hope the winning games for this are relentless guys it's a little ridiculous but anyway um yeah but like i had to cry and i and i i started tearing up also about with kibo when when they when she essentially like erased him but yeah. then when he, he came back just for that little bit it was like him in there you know oh Ugh. i can't wait for you guys to hear the new song i chose for kibo Ooh, i'm ready 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 i'm ready um um yeah, I I do have. Oh, oh sorry, I was gonna. Ahead. I was just gonna make a very quick comment about Shuichi's voice acting. Yeah, um, it's oh god, Grant George, right? Is the name of the voice? Uh, actor? Yes, yes. I'm sure. Yes, um, Greg Grant, also the voice know. of Leon. But he, oh my god, he's so good. The moment that I was like, oh my god, I'm shook. The in in this scene was when was when Shuichi started shouting when he was like, shut up, like shut up like because he's never raised his voice um in this whole game he has not raised his voice like that once and i'm like oh oh he means business Mm. um and then he really just takes it away from there and yeah i agree with you caroline i think it was it's a phenomenal performance and it's so i this is why shuichi is my favorite protagonist of this entire series because think about this shuichi chapter six shuichi contrasted with prologue chapter one shuichi like he comes so far he grows so much and i just oh which was all part of simugi's plan (laughs) yes yeah oh i hate it i hate it yes she says that she's like oh what do 
weak little ultimate detective. Like everyone wants to see him grow. Whatever. Oh God. Yeah. And but... then he did. Oh wow. I still love him for it yeah. though. All right, everybody. We are going to take a quick break from our literal final chapter analysis episode of Dong and Rumpa. Whoa. This is wild. But if you want to hear more Ultra Hoop Girls content, please check out our Patreon. The lowest tier is just $2 a month, and you get access to all the bonus episodes that we have on there. And we're looking forward to seeing you there. And if you like what you're listening to, make sure you give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. It really helps us out. Thanks so much. And we'll be back right after the break. I have one more kind of fun note before we dive into that. I feel like it'd be better to do this one before we go into that. So if this show is like a game show, like, you know, people are, they audition, they get picked to come on. Um, I wanted to ask what game show you guys thought this would be most similar to of the game shows that we have now. Oh, man. Like Big Brother, but with murder. Right. That's what I was thinking. Big Brother. (laughs) One of our patrons, uh, their name is Wecon, said Jeopardy, because it's a show where you compete against others, answer a bunch of questions, and when you win, you get to come back. Oh my god! (laughs) I mean, they're not wrong. (laughs) Jesus lord, that's crazy, dude. My personal answer is there was a show in 2013 called Whodunit, and I remember when we would watch it as a family being so excited for every new episode. Like I loved watching that show. And when I looked it up today to get like, you know, the details to kind of read out on the episode, it apparently was not very well received. It only had one season, but you know what? It's okay. Cause it mattered to me. But anyways, in each episode, the competitors witness a murder that's staged by production. Um, and they're instructed to find clues. And then at the end of the um, show, at the end of the, uh, each episode, they have to deduce how it happened. And whoever gets it the least correct is who dies in the next episode, um, which I loved. I, I love so that. Cool. What the hell? That's awesome. That's amazing. Oh my god! And what's nuts is the deaths looked so real that some audience members at home like complained about it to the producers. They asked if they were actually killing the people who were like dying in the episodes, so and then they like they. It was nuts. Oh it was so god. nuts. But that's anyway. So that's what show. I like to think V three is. Okay, and you know what's terrible. I am sitting here thinking, oh my god, it would be so fun to be on that show. Right! That's the thing! Oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do we get confirmation that the people who die in Danganronpa V3 are actually dead? Because this could be a V3 so. reality show where they're not actually dying. No, because it's in the end, it's sort of an ultimatum. Like either you are dying or playing in the next game like there's no nothing for you so to speak out there i know you're a little hopeful yeah. heart over there Marin wants him to be alive <laughs> i guess i'm just thinking like i don't know i mean their fear is real and their grief is real which makes me think that the people are actually dying but in a show like whodunit where the people they refer to them as dying oh he died in this episode she was killed by this like the words the phrases are the same as if it was real but they didn't actually die in real life 
but you're right it is a very hopeful sentiment this is Dongan Rampa. Yeah, this is Dongan Rampa. It's just Dongan Rampa. Um, my bad. I uh, thought it was Dongan Rampa. But I, yeah. I will make that mistake again. <laughs> um, yeah. Should we? Uh, should we talk about the uh, the big the big theme here? The ultimate real fiction. Yes, we should. I think we should. I mean, we've touched on it a little bit so far, but this game and this ending is of course extremely controversial very controversial um a lot of people in the Danganronpa fandom did not care for it um it's I feel like it's one of those things where like it's like an even split of like half the fandom loved it half the fandom hated it there's not many in between and so what let's, let's talk about what our thoughts on it or where we stand on this I want to go first Caroline yeah i hold the thought of so okay man when i think about who i was when i first played this and who i am now that really impacts my opinion on the ending of this game i'm gonna be real because Mm -hmm. i went from like covid had just hit i'm i'm you know still in school but still dreaming of being a creator it's not like a reality of my life yet like to create stories and characters and now I'm in a reality where I am creating content, I'm creating stories, I'm creating characters. And I so resonate with this. The ending just feels like um like a love letter to creators in a way. Like, do did my lies cha- help you? Did my lies change you? And it's like this, like, you know, like, why do we create? Why do we make fiction? And I... This is my favorite ending of all of them. I, I'm going to say, guys, it it is just so well done. And it brings, it, it's also so meta in the way that it makes the audience feel despair. Like literally feel dis- the, the most despair they have ever felt in every game. And it's not over the death of a character. It's literally being told to their face, this thing that you love so much is nothing. At the end of the day, this is just stories and ideas strung together, but it matters. And it starts the conversation as to why fiction matters. And so I think in this era, you know, we're filming this on August 22nd, 2023. And I, I don't know, some part of me hopes maybe the strike might have some resolution before this releases. It makes me all the more adamant to of why it is important to have human beings creating, because when it's human, yes creating the stories it's not lies the lies are full of truth too you know it's like this beautiful tapestry of like fabrication but like there is some you know truth holding those threads together the truth of humanity the truth of goodness badness whatever you want to you know call it so that's my thoughts and and i but i also live with the sadness of like none of this is real (laughs) Like none of this is real. And but wow, I have to respect a creator who's able to make me feel that way. So when I played the game for the first time with Caroline a couple of years ago, I did not like the the ending. Caroline can speak to that. I was upset. Maren was like, what the uh, heck just happened? What that what just happened? <laughs> I was like I was on the other side uh, of um not enjoying it. And I never I will say with that dislike, 
I have never not respected the creators for choosing that ending right, because right. that is such a risk like that. That's bold. And I respect that. What I think frustrated me back when I first played it is it was a little bit, I don't know what the right word is, but it almost felt embarrassing to have the creators tell me that I, it felt like they were telling me I was wrong for enjoying this type of media. Yeah. And that I think speaks to maybe just like, I don't think, I think now I've grown to a point where I don't get nearly as offended at that. Oh, just like Caroline said, looking back, I I believe I've changed as a person um, for the better. And I think that now with what life has thrown at me, I am able to take in a message of it doesn't matter. This entire story is a story, but it does matter exactly what Caroline was talking about because of how I felt. The fact that I got that upset, um, and I, I mean, it was just like, you know, I felt like, ah, come on. <laughs> but the <laughs> fact that a piece of media made me feel that way is insane. Like that's, that's crazy. And it's so important. And yeah, I do like the ending a lot more than I did now. Um, and I think what I've realized is I've compared it multiple times in this podcast. I'm sure it's in, you could probably find it in five episodes that I've compared the ending to the book series matched where the, you know, the girl at the end is told by the, you know, directors of the government. I don't know um, that everything that she's gone through was planned by them, like every single thing. And I think the difference between that and what V3 is, is Samuki comes at them with like this almost like she doesn't care about the people that she's created Whereas real content creators, real mm -hmm. authors and movie directors, they care so much. And that's what makes it matter. Like the people right. who made Danganronpa care. And so, oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah, that's it. I like the ending now. In <laughs> summary. Like the and <laughs> I think both of you are so valid in everything that you all the thoughts and feelings that you have shared because I relate to all of them a lot. I, I will say that I too felt like when the, the revelation, you know, happens, Oh, this is fiction. This isn't real. And then they go on and they, it gets super meta and it gets super pointed and like all these kind of little jabs at us. It felt like a slap in the face. And I kind of agree with you, Marin. I'm like, almost there was like a little bit of embarrassment there. I was like, Oh, this is it, like it, at first felt like the game is was making fun of its fan base and it's right. like oh well right. you know i wouldn't I, I i don't love a a content creator to make something that deliberately makes fun of their fan base but i don't believe that that is the case with this game i mm -hmm. very strongly agree with caroline when caroline when you said it was it felt like a love letter to content creators i agree and i don't think that it's you know, intended to be a jab. Like, I think it's a playful jab. You know, the meta aspect of it is a playful right. jab at the fan base for sure. But I don't think it's meant to be hostile. I don't think it's meant to put anyone down. I really think it's meant to just take you on this roller coaster of emotions and that be right there with the characters in the game and their emotions as you're going along, you know, ups and downs, right? And just experience that with them in a way that other video games have not done 
they have not succeeded at doing this yeah. uh, any other works of fiction whatever like this is this is a fairly unique way to go about this you know and of course there's other works of fiction that have gotten super meta and have done things like that but in terms of like the video game world I, yeah I do think this this was bold and this was unique and this was a very very effective way at taking us on a an emotional journey that parallels that of the characters and I think that's yes. really impressive and I think that that is like kind of what all content creation strives for is to make you feel things that deeply because god yeah I just I have mad respect for Kadaka and the creators of this game I also do think this is my favorite ending of the Danganronpa games um and I just oh gosh like it's um part of it is like part of me is like it's funny because when we play this game it's like we know that this is fiction you know we're like playing a video game we know that these characters these two-dimensional flat characters are not real but then when they come back in the game and say hey there's actually like two layers to this there's a layer that you thought was real that isn't and then there's the layer that you know isn't real but you're treating it like it is because you're you know suspending your disbelief to be with the characters and when they come back and say actually none of this is real it's kind of like it's just like a slap in the face because you're like you're like we know but hey right like it's just that kind of sensation and it's like in a way it like doesn't matter because we already know that it's fake but it does matter because it really makes us like when we're so immersed in it that we want it to feel real and that twist kind of takes that feeling of realness away from us and leaves us with that weird like nihilism like that's that is hard to deal with and like especially when um the like oh god you really yeah I just you feel the despair I felt the despair along with them so strongly and I was like this is the most despair I've ever felt playing a video game but it's so good and I love it I I have more to say but Marin, go ahead because I don't want to talk for so long <laughs> you're good I you inspired me when you said like when it felt like a slap in the face or like a jab it really reminded me um playing this through a second time if you are getting to this game for the first time and you're feeling like how I and Maddie felt at you know the first time playing this where it's like oh my gosh like ouch play it again because the game I think the little hints throughout of how it's saying this is fiction this is fiction hey we're we're in a game throughout chapters one through five that to me makes it less of a slap in the face and more like a hey hey like a nudge to a friend like are you noticing this like we're welcoming you into the secret like it's, it's more of a collaboration than like a hey this is like out of nowhere smack smack (laughs) um yeah yeah Yeah, that's all I was yeah and just Maddie one thing to respond to that you you had mentioned is like you were saying like I've never really seen a piece of media do this in this way and I so agree and I think that's a huge reason why the three of us were into this enough that we were like we should talk about this and have yes. it accessible to people, you know, like, cause it is unique in yeah. that way. I mean, I have, yeah, I, I played good stuff and I, you know, I have my favorite books and my favorite movies and games and things, but this is like, it's like incomparable in some ways for me yeah. just because of the engagement of the community and um, yeah. creators anyway. Yeah. 
yeah because it's like it's really meta and there are games and other works out there that are meta too but not in this way not quite in this way and i also think that given how accurate and pointed some of the lines and everything feel i mean when kibo is doing it after he's it's what is it called the the it's not the panic talk actually that's from the second game it's when you're they, shooting um, and he's saying hope hope despair hope the, whatever the last mini game that is um, impossible to beat um when kibo is like shouting out like shuichi's like let us hear it let us hear what the listeners are saying and he's shouting all those lines of like this isn't my dong and rampa like i hate twist endings like this and you hear that it's like kadaka knows his fan base he knows right. them very well and he knows exactly how they're going to respond to this game that he is making because he's writing those lines into it before it even happens and that's just like so incredible to me is like he he just he knows us he knows the fan base very well and he knows how they're going to react and he knows how this is going to be received and to me that's very that just takes it to another level you know absolutely Um, and I, yeah. I, I was going to ask you guys if any of those quotes from Kibo particularly resonated with you. Um, for me, it was the, I need that sweet closure. I need that sweet closure. There was I one. I was like, it, in it tears wasn't... playing that game, like, I need, I I need the closure. closure. <laughs> um, th- this isn't from Kibo, but Samugi says it a little earlier. She says, it doesn't matter how many mysteries you solve. They're all pointless. And I was like, fuck because you know like i'm the one out here who's like oh i figured out all the cases and 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 then she's like it doesn't matter and i'm like yeah i noticed one of the like the blue text things that's going up and down uh during like the general discussion uh one of them said shuichi's eyes with like an uwu (laughs) yeah there there it is me (laughs) um yep literally written by maddie absolutely but um but i do really feel i i was you know very moved by i think one of the major takeaways of this game is just the power of fiction right like how just like you said caroline there's truth in the lies and just because something is fictional doesn't mean it's a lie you know just because something's fictional doesn't mean it's not true um, if you think about all the novels that have been written, all the, all the movies that have been made, the stories that have been told about human experiences, and maybe someone made up that story, but like somewhere out there, and th- this world is big enough that like any story that is told, someone out there is going to have gone through something like that. You know, right. if not, spe- you know, if it's like a sci-fi fantasy thing, whatever. Obviously, not in the specific details, but in the like human emotional journey, like there's always truth to every story, and. Yeah, and I just, I think it, it, this game just gets that point across and expresses that scene, that theme so, so well that at the end, I was like, I was like emotionally shook from the whole thing and like sobbing and in tears. I was like, what? My favorite fictional characters aren't real? What? (laughs) Right, right. I know, but it's like, you know that, but it's like, yeah. But at the end of it, I was like, I have so much respect for this. I have so much respect for the impact that this has had on me and like i mean you know it's at the end of the day that this fiction danganronpa v3 did change the world because think of how huge this fan base is and think of you know how much of an impact it's had on like us three 
you know, as a great example of how it's changed our lives. I think it's brought us closer together. It's, you know, so many impacts, but yeah. yeah. I have a question for you guys, which is how has Dong and Rumpa impacted you? Oh, that's such a good question. (laughs) Um, Like how have how have the lies impacted your truth? You know, yeah. I for me, Danganronpa is what got me through the pandemic because I had just finished the first game, which was my second game because I did two then one. But I had just finished the first game. Uh, I have to bring that up every episode, right? No, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, we've come full circle. I just have to be like, hey, listeners, guess what? I played the second game first. Uh, what? <laughs> um, but so I was finishing the first game. I was finishing Trigger Happy Havoc when the pandemic hit. And it was like, and all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, like here are some fictional characters watching their world like get turned upside down right and to their you know it's much more of extreme extent because there's like all the the world is like burning to the ground there's like terrorism and blah 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 like I mean there's climate change and terrorism today but still like it just was like sheesh like sheesh no I'm sorry I'm being incoherent it was like you know it, it I've always found it very comforting and uplifting to relate to a fictional character in a story and have see them going through and overcoming something that I maybe am going through or you know something similar that is despair inducing and you know find hope right so I think it definitely gave me a lot of like inspiration that helped get me through the pandemic and also this podcast just like it brought the three of us together so much more closely because we you know hadn't really talk I mean we'd talked but not like we weren't having like regular zoom meetings like this since like, right. high school. like you know we weren't hanging out regularly since high school so I that that is a huge impact in of itself and um I have three Rumpa posters on my wall so that's another impact um a, an architectural <laughs> impact perhaps yes yes interior design impact <laughs> right. um, but no oh my god it's just ultimate interior designer <laughs> yeah, so true. Yeah. it it really has affected you know the way I think about things and like the way I navigate life and my values and whatever just like any other deeply impactful work of fiction has it affected me it just they all kind of culminate in this like energy that doesn't make any sense but like I (laughs) you know I I am very like inspired and moved by fictional stories so yeah yeah Yeah. I think I grew up watching media like that is one of my favorite ways to relax is by watching a show or reading a book if you are a patron you know just how much with how much I like recommend people and all that stuff and I think that Dong and Rompa some of the major messages in this made me feel very validated in doing that in finding that my like finding that as one of my relaxation techniques um however I think I've become a lot more critical about what I'm watching in a good way where I think what is this show trying to tell me because we do that when we're prepping for these episodes and so it's just kind of rubbed off a little bit into other things that I'm watching or reading and that's really nice like instead of just 
relaxing with a book, I think, what could I take from this book? And that's a really cool way to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I don't even know where to start with this one because <laughs> I felt like not to be like super dramatic, but I think that Dongrumpa gave me a well, first of all, it gave me like a path when I was not sure where I was going um in my life. Like it really was the first thing that made me think voice acting is a thing that I think I would like to do. So that's like huge, you know, like that alone. The first audition I ever did was for a Dongrumpa fan gan. And it was like on my phone, microphone in my closet. You know what I what I mean? So it's like that is like, you know, literally career wise, like a lot has happened and the people that we've gotten to meet and just like, and connect with and like, just and and be in community with like that over this crazy thing that we all love. It's just like so lovely and beautiful. And then there's also the the like more personal part of it is like, since I was really young, I have always gotten very um fixated on certain characters and like pieces of media it's been a trend throughout my life like I go through a phase where I'm like very into like this specific character from this specific thing and I still do it and I love that about myself I think it's a great it's a way of me drawing inspiration and bringing it into my life you know but this I mean this one is like you know it's a it's been a very long-term phase quote-unquote so to speak (laughs) and you know, I mean, the characters in this have just really um, inspired me to change for the better. I've become a lot more confident since kind of seeing other characters grow in their confidence and just like, yeah, this and and the working together and persevering through despair because our world is rough and it is it is rough out there. But th- that there is some light at the end of the tum- tunnel and that things aren't always as desolate as they might seem or as sad as they might seem is so important for me so yeah yeah and okay I wanted to share something a little poem sort of like reflection thing I wrote so okay for context I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast I feel like I have but in my last semester of college was in in 2020 and we had to create a zine based on like a writing zine based on like a particular thing. It could be anything. And I was like, Danganronpa. I did a Danganronpa zine. And so um, my zine is structured in a way where it's like it covers sort of the first game, second game, third game in like order. This is something that I would love to share with you all. It's just that there is art included in it that isn't mine. And I used it sort of more as just like for personal use, not obviously not to be consumed by others. So I'm working on how to like make that accessible to people. Um, Yeah, anywho. But my last poem is my most personal in the zine. And I'll read it. It's it's formatted in a specific way for certain impact, but I'll try to like read it in a way that maybe like will reflect that, I guess. So here it goes. But does any of it matter if nothing that happened was real? Yes. Oh, you want to hear more? I mean, I can give you my reasons why they'd be personal in mine because it literally just boils down to the simple fact. I cared about them. I cared about the fake people who died and their fake lives and their fake relationships. Isn't that what fiction is anyway? So why does it matter if it's real or not? 
Fiction mirrors feelings we know and impacts us in ways that are familiar. So why shouldn't I care? The blood spilled is common and real. The love shared is tangible and sometimes so close to the past or even the present. Maybe the future, too, but I don't really know that yet. So that's why it matters. That's why fiction matters. So thanks for playing us in the end, because it made us contemplate why fiction matters. You did your job, writers. Thanks. Thanks! <laughs> thanks, oh, Kanaka! <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you. So perfect. You're perfect. Oh. Big heart. I think we should wrap up on that. Word. I think that's but, a I great mean... point to wrap up on. Do we? Should we do yeah. a bad wipe ahead? I think we should. I think we have to. We I must, we perhaps, yes. All right, friends, for this round of Bedwood Behead, we are going to be choosing between the three survivors of V3, Shuichi, Maki, and Himiko. I can go first if you guys want, because this is not difficult for me at all. I already know my answer. Okay. <laughs> um, behead Himiko, Bed Maki, Wed Shuichi. Nothing to it. Yeah. <laughs> my answer is similar, except I would behead Himiko, bed Shuichi, and then wed Maki. My answers are the same as drumroll, please. Maddie. <gasps> oh, so <laughs> Twinsies. Wow. All right, everybody, that is a wrap on V3 Chapter 6. I literally cannot believe we're here. It's actually insane that this is happening today. Hi. Hi, everybody. Um, Well, if you like what you heard today, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you check out our Patreon. The lowest tier is just $2 a month, and you get access to a bunch of cool bonus bloopers, extras, fun stuff. All that good jazz is there. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram for updates, we are Ultra Hope Girls Podcast pretty much everywhere. And that's it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.